a royal welcome. Matthew chapter 21, verse 1 through 11. When they neared Jerusalem, having arrived at Bethphage on Mount Olives, Jesus sent two disciples with these instructions. Go over to the village across from you. You'll find a donkey tethered there, her colt with her. Untie her and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you're doing, say, the master, the Lord, needs them. He will send them with you. This is the full story of what was sketched earlier by the prophet. Tell Zion's daughter, look, your king's on his way, poised and ready, mounted on a donkey, on a colt, full of a pack, pack animal. Disciples went and did exactly what Jesus told them to do. They led the donkey and colt out, laid some of their clothes, their cloaks, on them, and Jesus mounted. Nearly all the people in the crowd threw their garments down on the road, giving him a royal welcome. Others cut branches from the trees and threw them down as a welcome mat. Crowds went ahead and crowds followed, all of them calling out. We can do this together. Hosanna to David's son. Blessed is he who comes in God's name. Hosanna in the highest heaven. You can shout that all day long. And as he made his entrance into Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken. Unnerved. The people were asking, what's going on here? Who is this? The parade crowd answered, This is the prophet Jesus, the one from Nazareth in Galilee. Palm Sunday began with the disciples meeting the need of the Master. The Lord has need of these. The Lord has need of a donkey and a colt. Now, in my wildest imaginations, I cannot imagine that that's what Jesus would need. I mean, would you have guessed that? I mean, do you think the disciples would have guessed that? What does the master need? A donkey and a colt? And, and yeah, so you're telling us to go across to that village and there's going to be a donkey and a colt there and you're, you're asking us to kind of untie, like that's like somebody else's property. You're asking us to untie that donkey and the colt like, and bring them to you because that's what you need. Yes, that's what I need. Well, I mean, I mean like, could that like maybe be considered like maybe stealing? Can you see the awkwardness, maybe, of what it would have been like? And I don't know. We don't know. We don't know if they had full understanding of what we're doing. Matthew does, because what Matthew is telling us, in a short way, he's telling us that with this donkey and this colt and the disciples taking off their cloaks and laying it on there and Jesus mounting and coming into Jerusalem, a prophecy, an ancient promise is being fulfilled. That ancient promise... It's found in Zechariah 9. And I want to, I want to read it to you because I think there's a, there's a bigger context of what's going on here. It's, it's more than the donkey and the colt that's going on. God is speaking. Elohim, Adonai, the Lord God, Daddy, Abba, Father of Jesus. He's the one that's speaking these words. Zechariah is having a vision. He's hearing God speak and he's writing down, this is what God is saying. I will set up camp. In my home country, I will set up camp in Israel and defend Israel against invaders. 
Nobody's going to hurt my people, Israel, ever again. I'm keeping my eye on them. Shout and cheer, daughter of Zion. Raise the roof, daughter of Jerusalem. Your king is coming. A good king who makes all things right. A humble king riding a donkey. A mere colt of a donkey. I've had it with war. God says that. I've had it with war. No more chariots in Ephraim. No more war horses in Jerusalem. No more swords and spears, bows and arrows. The king who's coming will offer peace to the nations. A peaceful rule worldwide. From the four winds to the seven seas. Your king is coming. Your king is coming. Israel, your king is coming. World, globe, your king is coming. And he's a good king. He's a good king who makes everything right, sets all things right. He's a humble king because he's riding on a donkey, not on a white wool horse. Another translation says he is righteous and victorious. Sometimes in, in this Palm Sunday story, we, we, we talk about the, the warring king kind of rides in on the white horse, uh, victorious. Well, Jesus also is victorious, but he's riding on a donkey. Don't, don't ever think that Jesus is not riding in victoriously. He is riding in victoriously. He cannot be vanquished. He's won. He's already won when he's riding into Jerusalem. He's a victorious king, and, but he's humble. In his victory, he's humble. And so he's riding on this donkey as he enters the city. A little screen adjustment, excuse me. Riding on a donkey, riding on the donkey's colt. So he's actually riding on, he's the first person to ride the young donkey. And as he rides into the city, these voices, which we've been saying, you know, we've been chanting what everybody's shouting on this day. Hosanna in the name, the son, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna means help. Hosanna means save, I pray. And, and really it's a praise because you find it back in the Hallel, which is Psalm 113 to 118. And basically the praise is, I praise you, God, who saves. I praise you, God, who helps. My praise is towards you because you help. I praise you because you save. So it, it's, a, it's a word of praise, but it literally means help us. The, the concordance all right, would say that everyone in, in Jerusalem that day would have understood what they were saying and where it was coming from. So help us in what way? So if you connect the help back, the save back to what we just read in Zechariah, you, you definitely have people on the day of Palm Sunday saying, help, there are invaders. And God says, I will set up camp in my home country and defend it against invaders. Nobody is going to hurt my people ever again. I'm keeping my eye on them. And so if we would have been Israelis, 
in Judea at the time of, of Palm Sunday, we would have been saying, the king is coming. He's going to move in and help us get rid of the Romans because those were the current invaders. Hallelujah! God's going to save us. This occupying force is going to go home. And then God also says, and again, let me remind, God is saying this. I'm not writing this. I'm just reading. God says, I'm going to help you because I'm tired of war. I've had it with war, God says. I've had it with war. No more chariots in Ephraim. No more war horses in Jerusalem. No more swords and spears and bows and arrows. God's saying, I'm done with that. I'm going to be the defender. God's saying, I'm going to be the defender of Israel. I'm going to, I'm going to defend Israel because I'm sending the king to be enthroned in Israel. And the king is going to be the defender of Israel. And then it begins to broaden out from there because it's not just about Israel. Because if we're not going to do war anymore, there's going to be peace. And again, God says, this king that is coming, he will offer peace to the nations, a peaceful rule worldwide. A peaceful rule worldwide. From the four winds to the seven seas, the whole globe, the king is coming. Hosanna. Hosanna to the son of David. The promised king is coming. Thank you. You're going to help us get rid of the invaders. Thank you. We don't have to arm ourselves anymore. We don't, we don't have to have an army. God's going to defend us. No more weapons. And, and the peace that nations yearn for or we work toward or whatever that eludes us, God's going to bring peace through the rule the peaceful rule worldwide of this king. Can you see how Palm Sunday is like an event that is reshaping human destiny? God is introducing someone into the planet. Someone's being introduced into the mix that's going to change the way we look at our world. Well, our friends in Jerusalem that day, they, did not meet, they didn't miss the significance of what was going on. They were giving Jesus the, the Middle Eastern red carpet. We would do a red carpet. Or like last night I did a wedding, and so there's the, the white runner. So either a white runner at a wedding or a red carpet. Well, in the Middle East, it had to do with your cloak, the outer garment. You, you took out, off your outer cloak and you would lay that on the pathway so a dignitary wouldn't have to step in the dirt. Or you'd go to the trees and you'd pull off branches and you'd lay those down. Because again, you, you want to honor this person that's entering your city and you don't want him stepping on the dirty ground. The red carpet treatment is being given to Jesus. Being, he's being recognized as a king. And so Jerusalem is providing Jesus, the king, a royal welcome. And there's two things that are said about that royal welcome that I think we should pause and consider. One, what is happening on that day with Jesus' entrance 
with the crowd shouting the hosannas, with, with the, the, the red carpet treatment that they're providing, with the connection back to an ancient promise being fulfilled. This is shaking that whole city. Jerusalem is being stirred by a, 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 an unbelievable event. And that, that, that shaking up, that the inter- it's also causing mental agitation. So people's brains are being scrambled as well, is what is Matthew's communicating to us. And people begin to say, what's, what's going on here? There's something really significant going on here. What is this? And then, not only what, who is this? Who is this? So as I, I consider the, the events of Palm Sunday and what it would mean for us as a community of people following Jesus today, it raises several questions that I want to just kind of pass on to you. you know, what, what does the Master need of us today? And, and are, we, are, we, are we in relationship with Jesus so that when He needs something that we can hear that? And when he says something like, he would have said this day, you know, I need two donkeys. I mean, what they, they, they went and did exactly as he asked. So maybe he's not going to ask us for donkeys. But would we, would we, go, would we do what he asks? And, and could it be, I mean, these, these disciples are actually participating in the fulfillment of an ancient promise. And I'm, I'm not sure they knew that. Maybe they did. Maybe Jesus kind of filled them in. This is what's happening. But you know, a lot of the things about who Jesus actually was and what Jesus was accomplishing kind of went over the head of the disciples until after his resurrection. So maybe these disciples, men just as ordinary as us, They went and did what Jesus asked them to do. They fulfilled a need of the master. And they actually participated in the fulfillment of prophecy. I wonder if God's still doing that with us. And I wonder if we are hearing him. And I wonder if we're responding as quickly to do what he asks us to do, even when it seems like it's ridiculous. And then I really wonder if we do, we, do we really give Jesus a royal welcome? I mean, do we as people following Jesus in 2013, I mean, do, do we recognize who he is? Do we recognize that he is the righteous and victorious yet humble king? I mean, listen to yourself when you talk about Jesus. How often do you call Jesus king? See, I I do listen, and I listen to us, and I listen to others, and I don't hear us calling Jesus King very much. Savior, and I'm glad, man, I'm glad He's my Savior. Not knocking that. Master, Lord, that's good, but King. Somehow that just doesn't come off our lips that often. But my friends, this day, 
It is very, very, very crystal clear, and the, and the Bible is shouting its account of history, Jesus is a good, righteous, victorious, humble king, and we need to acknowledge that. We need to give him a royal welcome. When we come together, every time we assemble, every time we sing these songs of praise, we need to recognize he is king, not just king of us. He is king of this world and all authority. All authority in heaven and earth have been given to him. He is the highest of the highest kings, yet he is humble. He is king. I really want to encourage us as a community, as you go out and live life this week, when you think about Jesus, think about him as king. I don't think we know how to do that very well. I mean, we're a nation that got rid of a king. And so our, our history kind of is like, we're always like kind of questioning kings. It's, that's a cultural thing for us. And, and so we don't really know how to do that very well. So we got to learn how to do that. we gotta, we got we got to allow the culture of the Bible to infect our current culture. we gotta be, we got to be culturalized to the Bible. He's our king. And, and then I thought about, well, gosh, if we... If we're recognizing Jesus as our righteous and victorious yet humble king, then would our cities begin to be shaken up? Because there's, there's this, 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 like this band of people, this community of people. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than people in this room. I mean, if you just think of local churches around us in New Braunfels, San Antonio, San Marcos, let's just stay in our little region... What, what if all of us who say we're following Jesus actually begin to tell everybody, hey, we're following King Jesus. We're following the righteous and the victorious King, and yet He's humble. And you know what? He wants to defend us. You know what? He wants us to stand for peace. If we really ask Jesus, in light of what Jesus wants to accomplish in our world, I'm not talking political right now. I'm talking what I'm reading what we just read, I think Jesus said, disarm yourselves. You don't need that. You don't need those weapons. I will defend you. I want to defend you. When I visit Israel, it's, it, Israel is a very armed nation, and it, it crushes my heart because as long as Israel arms itself, it's not enjoying the protection that God wants to provide through Jesus. So there's a, there's a message here. If this was our message, if we were people on the planet that said we are following a king that is leading all nations into peace, don't you think that that would cause the world to be like a little stirred up? Would we not be representing something very, very different? A very different message? And does it that I mean that, that message begins to like there's a little 
mental agitation in me when I read that. You see, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, really at his birth, and now towards the end, at his birth over Bethlehem, the angels said, peace on earth and goodwill among men because of this baby. And now we're towards the end, the peaceful rule worldwide of the king. See, I think, I think his agenda has always been to, to capture people into following him that would represent his peaceful rule on the earth. Not that we would, like, well, we'll just wait for him to bring that. I know he will. But I think he wants us working towards that, even as frustrating as that might be and as scary as that might be. He wants us to work towards that now. He wants us to represent his peaceful rule now. If that was our message, I don't think the cities that we live in would would know what to do with us. Sometimes Susan and I have a conversation, especially as we're reading through Acts together as a community, and so, you know, as we're looking at the great power of the church and the great grace of the church and the great respect that the church had toward God and how the, you know, the community around this bigger city had great respect for the church. And, and we sometimes say, well, you know, what, what's happened? And I just want to suggest something. That whenever there's great power and there's great grace and there's great respect happening in the book of Acts, it's because God is confirming His message. And so if the church today, not just a a local church, but the church in general across the world, if we're not delivering His message, why would He confirm it with signs and wonders? And this is a part of his message that is really, really important to represent the rule of a king who is righteous, who is good, who is victorious, and is bringing peace to the nations. Now, we we start giving out that message in a big way. I think God will get back in the business of confirming with great power, great grace. Because that's his message. You know, I think people will be unnerved by that. I think they'll be unnerved if, we, if, we, if that was our message. And I, I think people will start asking, that, what is going on? What, what's going on with these people who are following Jesus? And then I think people will ask, well, well who is Jesus? If he's doing this to these people, who is he then? You see, Palm Sunday (laughs) is a big deal. It's not just the beginning of Jesus' final week. It is an announcement to the globe and to all of the remaining history of mankind. The kingdom is within access. The kingdom is here. What do you want? 
May we be a people that say we want, we want the rule of Jesus. Not only in our lives, but in our cities, in our nation, on the globe. Would you like to stand with me? Our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ, you are in heaven. And you're surrounded by thousands and thousands and thousands of angels who spend all of eternity praising you for who you are. Glory to the righteous king. All praise to the victorious one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy. Jesus, as you sit beside the Father with all authority in heaven and earth granted to you, you invite us to pray this prayer. Let your kingdom come. Let the power and dignity of your rule be established here on earth now. And today, Lord, we discovered that, that your rule is a peaceful rule. Your desire is for there to be peace among the nations. And I believe you, you desire for us to be a community that represents peace on the earth. So influence us, Jesus, with your peaceful rule. Let your will be done. Well, your will, in this passage, your will is that there would be peace among the nations. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, as it will be for all of eternity. And Lord, we would be a people that would say, yes, Lord, we want to do what you want. We want to be a people that represent your peaceful rule on the planet. Jesus, as we... Pray these prayers as we think about what you're revealing to us about who you are and what you want. I think all of us are challenged. And so we welcome you to guide us, to direct us, to transform us so that we do represent the message that you delivered to us and to, to represent that message well. Holy Spirit, I invite you to be our teacher and to continue. Whatever gets stirred in us today, I, I pray that you just would continue to lead us to truth. And I pray, O oh Lord, for the day that we as a people would represent your rule well. And I pray that in your name, Jesus, our King.
Amen.